Are you tired of spending your time and money chasing strategy after strategy only to discover what worked 10, 5, or even 2 years ago is not working now? Things shift fast in the online space, and if you're not keeping up, you're getting left behind. It's time for something different. Welcome to the Marketing, Media, and Money Podcast, where every single episode will be jam-packed with proven, profitable strategies, behind-the-scenes secrets, and what's working now resources. From industry experts and global influencers to help you scale your business, shorten your learning curve, and stand out in a crowded, noisy marketplace. And now, your host, award-winning marketing and media strategist and international speaker, Patty Farmer. Hi, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of the Marketing, Media, and Money podcast. And I am looking forward to sharing another amazing industry expert with you today. And today's expert is Sarah Gretzinger, is known as the leading conversion strategist and thought leader to over 10,000 hungry entrepreneurs across the globe. She's the host of the Wealthy Networker events that span across 30 cities in Canada and the United States, and what is now a multi-city networking empire once started as a teeny tiny connection event that she created in early 2016 to keep her clients inspired and educated while she struggled to grow her brand. She's most passionate about helping entrepreneurs go from where they are, where they want to be, through the power of networking. One of my favorite topics. So thank you so much, Sarah, for being here. I'm really, really excited to have you. I am so excited to be here. Thank you again for having me. Sure. So let's just jump right in. This is an exciting topic for everyone. So let's really start with if somebody was brand new. So they were a brand new entrepreneur or business owner. And they really hadn't gotten into the networking world yet. They weren't really sure. Should I do online? Should I do in person? What do I do? What would you tell them to do first? What would you say is the very first thing that they should do? I would say, honestly, to just dip their toes in. Um, it's such a, a broad world out there, and, and networking really happens in every space, from the grocery store to, you know, your kids' soccer to online to in-person to specifically planned events. And so, you know, at the start, you really just have to dive in and experience it and you know, figure out where you're most comfortable. Where is networking natural and a natural flow for you? I like that. So I'm going to ask you a question that, you know, it's kind of something like it's a question that's sort of a pet peeve for me. And I have found other ways to ask it that are more productive for me. And I'd love to kind of get your take on it too. So for me, I really teach my clients and I can't even remember the last time I've said it to anybody, but the whole dreaded question of what do you do? Right? I just feel like there's so many better ways to ask a question, and the better the question, the better the answers. So what's your go-to question when you are um, connecting with people? So first, I love this question because, you know, hosting so many events, people come to me all the time and say, you know, I'm an insurance broker, and I say, that's awesome. I met one last night. And then they just kind of look at me, and they're like, oh, right? And and this is the truth. And so, you know, markets tend to be saturated and niches, you know, there's a lot of people out there doing the same thing. So one of the questions that I really 
like to use, especially when you're at, like at an entrepreneurial event, business to business, is something like, how did you get started in your business? Or, you know, kind of mentioning, you know, this is my first time at the event. Have you been here before? What are your thoughts on it? Just getting something that's a common ground instead of diving into, you know, all the nitty gritty. Sometimes just finding a basic common ground with someone because if their response is, actually, it's my first time. Awesome. Now we have something in common. Let's hang out together for the night, get to know each other. If they've been there before, I would really appreciate if you could introduce me to one or two people that maybe you know since I'm new here. And so it's a really way, easy way to kind of like dive in and not kind of, you know, go at it the same way because right away that person's going to end up, you know, diving into who you are and what you do. Oh, I love that. And it really, it's a win-win situation. doesn't matter which way they're going to answer. It's a win. So I really love Absolutely. that. So I know you're pretty savvy, um, pun intended, <laughs> you're pretty savvy about networking. But you know, I feel like for me, I have been called as long back, as long as I can remember that I'm a master networker. And I believe that I am. And I'm a people connector too, at the very core of who I am. I really think that it's not like we woke up one day and said, oh, you know what? I think I'm just going to be a people connector and I'm just going to, you know, be a master at this networking thing. But I don't believe that we just happen. But I do think it can be acquired easily. Some people, it's easier for them than others. So what's your story? What was the aha moment that you thought, you know what? I love this so much that I'm actually literally going to create my business around it. <laughs> That's a good question. And actually for me, it didn't happen that way. For me, my first networking event that I hosted was a way to teach my own clients business building strategies and different ways to connect with each other and other people. So for me, it started out as a lesson and ended up turning into a business platform. But what I think about the space is that for people to get out there and network, they have to first and foremost know why, right? Why are you networking? And so for me, knowing why I wanted to network and, and the value that it had for me in my business, once I understood the value that it could have, it, it kind of became this transitional process where it became more natural because it was not only, you know, a great way to connect with people, but it was a necessity in business. Love you. How did you, um, how did you come up with Savvy Networker? Like you have the membership, like you have this whole global community. Now I have to tell you, in my past, I have started several national networking organizations for people and been, and went all over United States and in Canada, actually training and opening up organizations for other people. So I have done that like literally most of my adult life. So I get it. And I think that nowadays I look for communities. You and I had this discussion on the phone. I look for communities where there is an online component and not just an in-person component. I think it's really great when you do both. So how did the Savvy Networker come out about? What brought that so, up? The name specifically, um, our marketing agency was Market Savvy and Co. And so we were teaching people how to network. And so the name came about that way. But the system of networking and how we differentiate and how we do it differently is that I really believe that a lot of entrepreneurs when they're in the starting gate, and I kind of call the starting gate that first five years where they're really, you know, 
understanding business and, and the volume of work that goes into it. But when entrepreneurs are at this starting gate, most of the time they're bringing leads into a business that's not fully developed yet. And so I, I come to recognize that if we're bringing leads into our business, maybe we've got our brand down pat, but we don't have our sales process. Or maybe we have our sales process, but not our brand. And so, you know, we're bringing entrepreneurs or potential clients into a broken system, in which case it naturally doesn't work. So my strategy for networking is to not only help with the connection piece, but also to educate entrepreneurs on how to continuously improve their business model, whether it's the sales aspect, the branding, the business building, the content. You know, we really focus on a wide range of business building topics. And while people are learning how to build their business, they're actually networking at the same time. So it's a really neat component to help them strengthen as a whole, not just one piece of it. Oh, I think that's interesting. Now, I know here in the United States, our can spam law says that it is not implied consent that if you exchange business cards without somebody's permission, you cannot add them to your email list. I don't know if that is a law in Canada or not, but how do you handle, how would you tell people the best way to handle when you're having a conversation with someone and you are exchanging business cards, how would you say a good way for them to transition and move to the next step? <laughs> so I, I love to hate this question and I get asked a question about business cards really often. So I'm actually not a fan of business cards. Um, hunt me down all of you will, but my belief and the, and the way I educate on networking is that if we're building an authentic relationship, we're going to remember the person. And so we live in such a digital world now that yes, you can accept the business card, but rather than go home and drop 50 cards in your email list and just start emailing people, when you take a card from someone, what I do is I say, you know what, I'm gonna send you a text message right now on the spot to make sure that I've got you connected because I wanna remember, you know, this connection, it's important to me and a value to me. And I actually just send them a message, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, a text, or I email them right there in front of them to make sure that I've made that connection. But I don't accept business cards from everybody and anybody and drop them in my list for a couple reasons. Not everybody is going to be my client. Not everybody is going to open those emails and Truthfully, I want to be putting my attention on the people that I do know are interested in building a relationship with me, whether they're a client or not. I want to know that they've expressed that, yes, I want to take this forward, rather than just dropping people on and hoping and praying that perhaps if I send them enough emails, they might buy from me if they really don't know anything about me to begin with. I totally agree with you on that. I am not a fan of business cards either. I don't exchange them. Even in my business development group I do here locally, we don't even do elevator pitches. No elevator pitches, no business cards exchange. I just say, if you talk to the people here, guess what? After the meeting, you will naturally talk to them. If when you're talking to them, 
guys decide that you want to do it. But this whole like pass the thing around and do business cards, I just really don't feel like it is necessary. And I think it's almost a crutch and stops people from having genuine conversation. And that's why I never use the expression, what do you do? Because what I really want to know is who do you serve? Really what exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's great that you mentioned that. And so while we're on the topic, I, I want to mention, you know, the elevator pitch, although dates back to the very beginning of networking events, I believe, but we're there to learn about other people. We're, you know, we're taught as entrepreneurs to stop putting focus on ourselves and focus on the room, focus on the people in the room and learn about them. And so the elevator pitch is a direct statement about you. And so if you go in with a focus to talk about you and yourself and try to get across who you are, and that's your intention at that event, you become less receptive and less open to hearing about other people because we go with the mindset, like, I've got to say this elevator pitch. And so we don't use that in our space at all. In fact, I've actually told people, you know, how about we try to do it this way and let's ask some questions about the people in front of us rather than you know, going in and talking about ourselves, get out of the mindset that it's about you and get into the mindset that it's about the room and who's in the room and how you can discover those people. I really agree with you because I always like to say, if you're in a room and there's a hundred people and all hundred of you don't want to be sold to, but all 100 of you are all going there so you can try to sell what you sell, how could that ever be effective for anybody? So really, I am all about building relationships would rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies, right? So I really care about being very intentional when I am networking, whether it is online or off. So I always really want to know. And so I always say, if you focus more on being interested instead of worrying about being interesting, right? You need to be both. If you're interested in what other people say, because there's two things I always like to say to people. I say, one, when you do go meet somebody for coffee, right? That whole, oh, it all happens at the coffee shop, right? Um, have you ever gone and had coffee with someone and walked out of there and thought that's 90 minutes of my life. I'm never going to get back. Right. That yeah. has happened to us. Right. And then, you know, so when that happens or sometimes people exchange cards and all of a sudden you get, you know, all of these emails. And so I always want to say, how about if you just have a conversation with someone? Cause for me, it's always about who can I connect you to? So if I know who you serve, you know, maybe I'm not that person. But I probably yep. know somebody who is, right? And so really exactly. for me, it's always about being of service. So I really go with the serve, not sell mentality. Lead with contribution. Compensation will happen. But always lead with contribution. So I think that's, um, I think that's really a good way to think about it. So do you have a strategy that you use when you are building relationships or um, – you know, like what's your follow-up strategy? So like now you've met people, you know, what has been really effective and increased conversions for you? This is so, a marketing media and money show, right? So really let's talk about that. So from a marketing media money point of view, what's a good strategy that you have used that they can implement today? Yeah, so I'm going to take it one step back before we even focus on the follow-up. Because if you go to the event with the wrong intention and you're not doing it right, there isn't anyone to follow up with, right? Oh, I love it. 
And so when I go to networking events and, and when people come to our events, I always ask them why, right? So they fill out a questionnaire pre-attending and it's, you know, out of these seven things, I want you to think about the top three reasons why you're coming. So are you coming, you know, with the intention to gain credibility? Are you coming with the intention to convert to ROI? Are you coming to create buzz and awareness? Maybe you're launching a new website or a new product or, you know, whatever it may be. So I always tell people, first and foremost, think about why you're coming and then think about how are you going to attain that? If you're looking to gain credibility, and we just had someone attend an event who rocked this. He actually had, he wrote a book, and he literally had every single person at the event stand with him in front of this book. He read them one paragraph from the book each so that they had qualified that they had read a piece of the book and had them each take a photo and then shared the photo on social media, tagged them in it, and then you know, had asked them on the spot to write a comment about what it was like to hang out with him that night. And so he gained not only a massive amount of social media exposure, there was about 17 people, it was a smaller event, but he also gained credibility on social media because all these people had now, you know, heard this little blurb from his book. And it was just a really unique and incredible way for him to attain what he wanted out of that event. He wanted social exposure. That's why he went. And so when I think that when we go in with a strategy that isn't sales-based, then we come out with a lot more result. And so one of the, you know, you mentioned coffee meetings. One of the strategies that I really love to emphasize is that we we do have a massive digital world now. And, and most people that I've ever met have a business on social media. And so when I see people collecting business cards, going to the coffee meetings, and I always just think like, wow, that, you know, that guy just got 25 business cards. He must have a lot of time on his hand to do 25 coffee meetings. Because I know I don't, <laughs> right? As a business owner, I'm like, I don't, got, I don't have 25 hours. I'm not doing that. So you know, when I break it down and I ask people, when I say, where's your community hanging out? LinkedIn. Okay. So instead of collecting 25 business cards for 25 coffee meetings, could you please just connect with these people on LinkedIn and engage there? That's where you're putting all your content. Or my favorite is the entrepreneur who's really savvy and has an amazing, unique Facebook group where they're spending time, you know, every day or every other day. So why are you not popping your link up on your phone and passing it to these people and getting them to join your group where they're now going to see you every day and your content and you can nurture the relationship versus 25 coffee meetings. If I can get 25 new people in my Facebook group in one night and have the chance to nurture them and build a relationship every day and be digitally connected to them. You know, I've done a lot more value for my business than the time and money for the gas, buying myself and the other person a coffee, the hour, hour and a half it takes, and the, oh, you know, that person literally didn't help me in the way I needed to, or I can't help them in the way they need to, so it really wasn't of value. So I think it's, it's really stepping back and looking at why are you going? What do you really want from this event? We all want sales, but we don't go into any conversation and or we shouldn't go into a conversation starting off with, hi, my name's Sarah. You know, I sell memberships. Please buy one. 
So going into, <laughs> hi, I just met you. Let's grab a coffee. You don't know anything about me. Why, you know, why would you want to grab a coffee? You wouldn't do it on a dating site if a perfect stranger came up to you and the first message was, let's go out for a drink. Uh, no. <laughs> right? Exactly. And so people seem to be kind of in this mindset because I think it's the way that it has been done and the evolution of networking really is it's strategy based business building is about strategy, not hope. You know, we don't go up and get up in the morning and just hope that our business is going to do well and then expect it to, we go into it, hoping it will do well, implementing a strategy and then seeing results, analyzing, assessing, regrouping, redoing, whatever it may be, and then attaining results at the end of the day. And networking really is the same. I absolutely agree with you. And I think that having that intention right up front really makes a lot of sense. Like I know for me, I find that events are so much more successful for me when I go with a give first um, attitude, totally. which is actually in everything I do. But in this particular case, an example. So a lot of times when I'm going and people are like, oh, well, you know, have you attended this before? Or why are you here? Or whatever the case may be. And my answer is always, I'm looking for a really interesting people to interview on my podcast. It isn't Absolutely. even really, you know, it's, it's about, that's what I'm looking for. And I find when I say that, guess what? Instead of fluff, they step up and show me the value they bring to the marketplace because they want to give me that information, see if they are one of those people I might be interested in doing. So we're not talking about, you know, your dog and, you know, <laughs> how many kids they have. I say that when I built a relationship with you, I want to know all those things we have a relationship in the first five minutes I don't need to know them you know so absolutely and I call those people you know with not to be rude but when they're standing there talking about their dog and their cat and their kids you're at a business event and yes I want to establish relationship with you but if I've got 90 minutes in a room or two hours in a room and I'm there with an intention to build business relationships that's what I'm there for and so I find that there's this group of networkers and I call them the number ones, the group of networkers who are there spilling their entire life story. And so my strategy is, you know what, let me, let me email you a resource right now. Let me just divert you to a resource or send you one of my YouTube videos or, you know, and if you have any great comments, you know, feel free to leave a comment and, you know, I, I just kind of really hope you love it. And I don't stay engaged in that because it's not what I'm there for. My, my time is value. My time, you know, time is money. We all know that. Time spent properly is power in the sense that, you know, we can excel. We can do incredible things if we understand the value of time. So when you're at a networking event, knowing who's in front of you and knowing what to do with that person and knowing your intention of being there, it allows you to get so much more value out of that event. I agree with you. So now, say you're at that event or online, and you meet three or four people that you're like, I really love it, I really love what they do. So you did that texting them or, or however you did that. What are the next steps after the event? Because I know that I have my own system of, I mean, to be totally honest, like here's my A list and here's my B list, right? For what my own intentions are too. And I have my own follow-up system that really works for me. But I definitely have a follow-up system and I believe part of what makes networking not so effective for some people is because they don't follow up at all, 
right? Yeah. And so I think follow-up is real. There's a reason there's that cliche called the fortunes in the follow-up, right? Because yep. it is. So what are some follow-up strategies that you like to implement? So I think the follow-up strategy really looks different for everybody based on personality. I love getting on phone calls. Personally, if I've met you, I've had a conversation, I haven't necessarily qualified you to buy something, but I've qualified that it's a value to continue investing my time into this conversation. I like getting on the phone. I like hearing the voice, having the conversation, diving into you know, the pain points. And then from there, you know, depending on, you know, who they are, what they need, you know, whatever that next action step is. But for somebody who is a newbie in networking and maybe doesn't have that strong sense of phone conversion, converting to sales over the phone, if you do have a Facebook group and you have a landing page, it's great to get them in there and nurture them. Always make sure to welcome them so that you know you are keeping that established relationship but if that's if your your lead funnel essentially is an online model then getting on 20 phone calls really isn't something you should be doing stick to the model right if you have something that works stick to that so get them wherever that starts or if you're comfortable take the time and get on the phone but don't get on the phone with every single person you meet at the event you know you want to be qualifying that this is going to be a worthy conversation so for me i take the time to get on the phone i have anywhere from 8 to 12 phone calls a day i keep them under 20 minutes so i always say to people when i get on you know i want to be respectful that you know you're a busy entrepreneur or a busy mom or dad whatever it may be um and so let's keep this under 20 minutes. You know, here's what I'd love to know about you. Let's just dive in and get to know each other. And I find that it keeps that conversation, you know, high value and high priority on the topics that are important. And it allows me to just assess really quickly, where am I going next with this? I think that makes a lot of sense. And I do something similar too, although mine are like seven minutes. I like this yeah. seven minute call. I've got it really narrowed down. But here's the thing. Just because you get on a call for seven minutes doesn't mean you can't have another phone call, right? That's exactly. seven minutes. I have my system narrowed down. This is what I need to know. In seven minutes, I know what my next step is going to be. And that next step may be have another phone call, right? That next step, um, I do this thing twice a month, uh, once in the morning for coffee, once in the afternoon for cocktails. It's kind of online. Um, every month, I invite 12 people that I find and I invite them and we do this thing and that may be the thing that I invite them to, you know, but whatever the next step is, is always based off that first seven minute call. I'm like you, I, I can, you know, you ask better questions, you'll get better answers. You'll know exactly what you should do. It's when you're just sitting around not knowing what to say. So getting really intentional with that. I think a lot of people have fear about that. So now let's kind of talk about fear really. But what would you say, we all have fears. We all have things that we're afraid of, right? But what would you say for you, Sarah, is something we're doing right now, maybe at either now or at some time you were afraid of, but you did it anyway, or you're doing it anyway. <laughs> what are you stepping into right everything. now? <laughs> so that would be everything. Um, I think that as entrepreneurs, what we need to recognize is that every new chapter of business is a state of involvement. 
So, you know, for example, starting my first event, there was fear. Conquering my first event, awesome. Branching out to two cities, there was fear. Absolutely. But there was like a, oh, you know, the first U.S. event, there was a sense of fear because now I was evolving. There were, you know, 15 speakers that needed to be booked. There were about, you know, the first event, we tried to always aim to have at least 25 people because that was just kind of like a great starting gate for cities. And so now getting ready to come into 2020, branching into Australia and of course, you know, not being on the ground to market and, and shake hands and meet people. I'm always really grateful for this digital world that we live in, but the fear is always the balance, right? Can I maintain trying to be there and be here and, you know, be in the U S be in Australia, be in Canada, but I've adopted, you know, fear for me is face everything and rise. So instead of getting stuck in that what if mindset, I just remembered it's an opportunity to evolve and an opportunity to arise. So I really, you know, I look at it that fear has two meanings. It could be forget everything and run or face everything and rise. So I love that. That is I really, really great. Yeah. So I know I we're getting you ready to wrap up. So I just have a couple more questions. So the first question I want to ask you is, how do people connect with you? What's the best way? Um, I'm going to go with Facebook is probably the best way. I spend a lot of time on there. So just Sarah Gretzinger, you'll find me wherever we're. <laughs> okay, that's great. And then I always like to end every one of my podcasts with an open mic. And basically what that looks like is I want to make sure that I serve and support you. So I always want to say, was there a question I didn't ask you? You really wish I did because you have something else that you want to say or you want to answer. So here's your open mic to be able to say what you want to say. I know that you also have a gift for everybody, a freebie, so to speak. I love that. It's kind of like showing up for dinner with a bottle of wine, right? Being a good <laughs> guest. So yes. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about that too. So I think first and foremost, one of the things that I just want every entrepreneur to remember is to analyze whether it's a networking event, whether it's online exposure. I had a perfect example today. A woman, you know, asked on her Facebook, do you prefer to do, you know, Facebook lives or pre-recorded and sharing? And, and my response to her was, well, I like to do lives, but you know, is your audience converting from one versus the other? And she said, oh boy, I really don't know. And I said, like, if you're going to invest your time into only one of the two, you really need to step back and analyze what is working. If you're doing online networking events and in-person events and you're converting higher at one than the other, then you know there's a probable chance that you're going to want to invest more time and energy into the one that's converting or really focus on enhancing your skill sets to be excellent at the other. And so I think that we are in this phase of do more to be more when really less is more no matter how much the world evolves being really great at something and capitalizing on that is a lot better than being you know okay at 20 different things and so I think that that's just a huge powerful message for people is to really step back 
take some time to analyze your strategies and analyze where your time and your investments are going and how are these working for you? How are they showing up for you? You showed up to do them, but how are they showing up for you in return? And I think that that's, that's a really important lesson that, you know, sometimes gets lost along the way. I love it. That was really, um, was really a great one. And so really appreciate you being here, Sarah. I, I love having somebody who sort of thinks like me. I, I love it. And networking is so important to me. You know, I've kind of been referred to as the networking CEO for a long time. And I just really feel that it is such a skill. And people don't put as much emphasis on learning and getting better at that skill as they do some other things, right? Oh, I, let me just buy a book or let me just do this. This is a skill that, in my opinion, is going to help you in every aspect of your life you know, and just getting better and you're going to get better at it by doing it. And like you said, analyzing it, tweaking it all the time, finding out, you know, where are you better at online or in person? And I love the way you said better at what you're not as good at to do more of what you are. So I really love that. So thank you so much for being here today. Um, for everybody out there, if you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. And remember that sharing is caring. We'll see you on the next episode of the Marketing, Media, and Money podcast. Thank you so much, Sarah. All right. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on the Marketing, Media, and Money podcast. To shorten your learning curve even more, make sure to grab your free copy of the Marketing, Media, and Money magazine at www.marketingmediamoney.com. I promise your business will thank you.